Welcome to All Fired Up. I'm Louise, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk all things anti-diet. Has diet culture got you in a fit of rage? Is the injustice of the beauty ideal getting your knickers in a twist? Does Fitspo make you want to spitspo? Are you ready to hurl if you hear one more weight loss tip? Are you ready to be mad, loud and proud? Well, you've come to the right place. Let's get all fired up. Happy New Year and welcome back to a brand new season of All Fired Up. I'm so happy to be back and I'm so excited about what this year is going to bring. Look, I hope everybody survived the Christmas and New Year period with some kind of sense of self-esteem and dignity intact because, as we all know, this Christmas and New Year period is so intense in terms of the pressure from diet culture. And I certainly know, you know, from my own experience during this time and through talking to friends and colleagues and also connecting with everyone in the untrapped online community just how incredibly hard it is to to get through a holiday period without all of the food guilt, the food policing, the body comments, the discussions about what people are doing with their diets and how much weight they're going to lose. It's just, it's literally an onslaught. And a few, you know, I guess low lights from the Christmas period that we've kind of connected with through Untrapped and through various conversations was one of our dietitians, you know, with a lot of experience in this field, was told by her mother to eat her vegetables. <laughs> Many people talked about you know, their, their parents or siblings or in-laws of various ilks, you know, making body comments about them or, you know, giving gifts that sort of suggested weight loss was a good idea and it's just it's so crazy isn't it so I do hope that everybody got through you know scraped through crawled through in one piece and found some ways to relax and unwind and protect and pull back from diet culture okay I'm so looking forward to 2018 as I said and everything that it promises in terms of how much bullshit is going to be thrown at us from diet culture because I'm sure it's going to be just as full-on as last year but as we start this year it's worth a pause and reflect let's just take a moment to look back at 2017 because it was a really immense year for protest and for pushing back and for rebellion we had, yes, we had the election of Donald Trump, but we had the the Women's March. We had phenomenal numbers of women sort of coming out and marching and saying they've sort of had enough. We also had the Me Too pushback, which has been seriously incredible and, and a cultural shift, which I don't think is going anywhere soon. And it really is lovely to witness this because it's so important to see women saying, hell no, this is not okay. And all of this is connected to diet culture because diet culture is an oppressive mechanism which holds women down. So seeing this pushback in 2017 is so encouraging. And we also saw, we are seeing a cultural shift against diet culture. I mean, just, just by the measure of you know, people listening to podcasts like this and joining anti-diet movements and the Hayes community, it is growing all of the time, which is so incredibly hopeful. In 2017, we saw a massive increase in interest in body positivity 
And I know it hasn't been without its difficulties, but I think overall the increased interest and recognition given to the need for more diversity in our media is, is so incredibly good. We saw in 2017 a plus-size model in Times Square. We saw the anti-Victoria's Secret fashion show, which had an incredible array of people in different body shapes and sizes and ages and colours and just this is so lovely. In 2017, we also saw some signs of shift in, in our medical communities. Unfortunately, not so much here, but overseas, the American Pediatric Association released guidelines about how we need to talk about children's weight, which in essence said, let's just not, which is awesome. It's, it's, an, it's a kind of admission of the damage that's done to children by focusing on weight. We also saw more and more journal articles coming out that are researching weight-neutral perspectives and supporting weight-neutral perspectives. So all of this is just so encouraging. And, of course, my favourite highlight maybe for 2017 in Australia was seeing the very last episode of The Biggest Loser, which sort of literally appeared on our screens for about 30 minutes and sunk without a trace and will not be back. Bye-bye, biggest loser. Not sorry to see you go. So alongside the many wins in 2017, there were the the what-the-fuck moments. (laughs) And it's to those hideous 2017 lowlights that this show today is dedicated. So people of the world, in this episode of All Fired Up, I am really proud to bring you what I am calling the inaugural Crappy Awards, in which we seek to reveal what was the most shitty, most irritating trend that we saw from diet culture in 2017. A very difficult question, I know. So how to answer that? What I did was I asked some past guests from All Fired Up, so people who have come on the show previously, and also one person who is an upcoming guest on All Fired Up, and I asked them to submit to me a short rant on the topic that they felt was the most irritating trend for 2017. And they all sent them in as nominations for the penultimate crappy award. And yes, there's even a crappy prize. So what you're about to hear is actually an incredible selection of nominations from, in the end, we got nine nominations for the crappy awards. And I really want to just thank everybody who did nominate for the crappy awards because everyone who sent in a rant has been very kind in that they've interrupted their Christmas holidays, their time with friends and family, just to rant with abandon about diet culture. So what I love about the submissions that have come in is some of them have been done, you know, in caravan parks with people trying to get Wi-Fi connection. One, I think it's Fiona Willers, has actually been done from a theme park in Queensland and you can actually hear Looney Tunes music in the background, which is awesome. And many other people just sort of taking a break from their families, going into a little room in the hot weather that's happening here in Australia and just giving us a rant. So thank you so much, everybody, who did submit something for the Crappy Awards. I really appreciate 
just your kindness in giving something, you know, so much attention. So without further ado, let's listen to the crappy award nominations. And then at the end of the nominations, I will reveal the winner of the 2017 crappy award. So without further ado, here are the nominees. Hey, all fired up folks. This is Fiona Sutherland. I'm Director of Body Positive Australia and the Mindful Dietitian. Just wanted to say a big thanks to Lou for inviting me to come on and give a short rant of my favourite what the fuck bullshittery and face palm moments of 2017. Oh my God, where do I start? There was a lot of them last year. Oh, it seems just one after the other. I thought 2016 was bad enough, 2015 and all the years before that, but geez, Louise, 2017 was one out of the bag. So you'll remember in episode two, if you go back and listen, Lou and I talked about weight stigma and fat phobia when people are going into the doctor's or health provider's office. And we had a damn good rant about body shame and the way in which people are treated when they, particularly when people in a larger body are presenting for health care and they, they don't get health care, they get body shamed or fat shamed. And it's just not good enough. It's absolutely not good enough. So anyway, if you want to go back to episode two and hear about us getting all fired up about weight stigma at the doctor's office, then please go back and take a listen. But today, my my biggest face palm bullshittery moment was, um, was quote unquote body positivity in the women's sportswear sphere. Now, this is one that gets me so freaking fired up. Because, of course, the particular company that I just absolutely detest with an abs- with a passion, and some of you will have seen me all over social media going on and on and on about it, which brought out the trolls. They're such sweet little things, aren't they, trolls? They're so nice and caring, and they really get it, right? Not. Anyway, so women's wear that only caters to certain sizes and talks all about quote-unquote body positivity but only if you're a certain size and preferably white and almost certainly small young and you've got, you've got to have money that's the other thing too because you want to get a pair of tights you know exercise tights they're going to be they're going to put you back 80 bucks for sure and I have I am a regular visitor into this particular shop, uh, not to purchase, but to basically harass in a in a nice-ish way the uh, the people who who are working in the store. So I go in there and I ask about the different sizes of clothing that they have, and they're always show, oh yes, we go up to this size. And I look at it and I think, well, for fuck's sake, that's not a big size, like. No, that's not that's not okay. If you're promoting body positivity, then this is about all sizes, not just certain sizes. And you know, if you're if, you, if you're going to promote uh, movement for people, hello, people in all sizes want to move. And hiding behind this sense of you know be your best self and crap like that, it just really fucking irritates me, because you don't have to be a certain size to be your best self. You can just be yourself, and be your best self. You don't have to be some super athlete. You don't have to eat a certain way or do a certain thing. You actually are better off 
developing an understanding of yourself, of your human experience. And do you know what? That will bring you to your best self. Understanding we've all got limitations. We're all humans. We're all imperfect. And our best self comes with flaws. Sorry not sorry. So my rant for 2017 is all about the big LJ and the body positivity bullshit that is spun in women's wear circles. So there you go. 2017, the year of bullshit in women's sportswear. And my tip, go, if you want to get some active wear, choose a preferably a local Australian or wherever you are in the world brand that promotes Body positivity for all sizes, not just certain sizes, doesn't doesn't try and promote these these bullshit slogans that sound really good on the surface, but you know that only if it fits you, right? Um, so support locals, um, support designers that will that will make clothes in a lot of different sizes, and don't shop in yeah don't don't buy stuff from designers that don't make your size, don't squeeze yourself into a shape or a clothing that doesn't fit. So there you go. 2017 rant over. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Hello. So I'm Susan. I'm a dietitian from Zest Nutrition Consulting, and I thought I'd share with you all what just drives me mental. And it's not just this year. It's every year. It's the rebadging of diets rebranding of diets, calling it mindful eating or calling it lifestyle change or ditch the diet, drop the weight. Uh, The fact is, if it is having you deliberately, intentionally change what you do with food, change what you eat, how you eat with the intention of losing weight, it doesn't matter what it's called, it's a diet. And what really drives me crazy is when my own colleagues sell diets based on their own recovery from dieting. So they've found mindful eating and they've lost weight and they go on to turn that into a diet, but they never think they're doing it. So that drives me crazy. It may be the case that, you know, if somebody gives up dieting, they might lose weight, but to promote that to other people and that's exactly what will happen to you if that's what you do, that to me is just unethical. So... That drives me crazy. I think it gets in the way of people finding peace with food and their trust with their bodies. So take that into the new year with you. If it has you changing how much you eat, the way you eat, if it's all about the outcome being weight loss, doesn't matter what it's called. It's a diet. Looks like a duck, quacks like a duck. It's a duck. All right. Happy New Year, everyone. Take care of yourselves and really take care of your health from a authentic and and very very compassionate caring place take care bye hi everyone it's nicole mcdermott here from the embodied journey i am a social worker and an eating disorder specialist and i'm also a fiercely passionate advocate for all things health at every size and non-diet i am also a woman who lives unapologetically in a fat body So it seems as though 2017 has been the year of the weight-centric, fat-phobic health professional. Who knew? Uh, I know that this isn't anything new and it seems this year has really brought about another level of epically horrendous 
weight-based discrimination and absolute fuckery, especially in the field of eating disorder treatment. When we have obesity prevention and eating disorder treatment existing in the same space, my head absolutely spins. Like, think of the exorcist spins. It's not pretty. This makes absolutely no sense to me. This is not okay, and it just needs to stop. The premise of obesity prevention existing alongside eating disorder treatment and thus prescribing weight loss, dietary restriction and cognitive restraint for those in larger bodies, it's just absolute bullshit. Like these are eating disorder symptoms for crying out loud. We cannot continue to provide treatment for eating disorders without simultaneously addressing issues such as weight stigma, fat phobia and size discrimination. Fat bodies are not problems to be solved. They never will be. And continuing to prescribe eating disorder symptoms to those in larger bodies to have them lose weight and calling it evidence-based treatment just really, it grinds my gears. So I'd like to invite, because frankly, I thought demand was too strong a word to use in this instance, I'd like to invite all health professionals to examine their own, their own privilege, really, their own weight bias and their own levels of fat phobia. It's never okay to speak for or on behalf of those in larger bodies. And it's never okay for you to claim expert status on something that you know absolutely nothing about. And especially if you're doing this from your own thin white woman privilege, you cannot make decisions about what is best for people living in larger bodies without first, at the very least, having a conversation and being respectfully curious about how the person themselves experiences their own body. Seriously, whatever happened to person-centered practice? Shouldn't this be at the forefront of all of our practices where the person we have sitting in front of us or on the phone or, or whatever it is we do in our practice, where they are the expert in their own life? Why do we continue to be so prescriptive and so punitive when it comes to quote unquote managing a person's weight or body size as if it is a problem to be solved? As health professionals, our higher level learning taught us, well, hopefully taught us about social justice and anti-oppressive practice. Most of the time, we have no issue putting this into practice when we think about gender, sexuality or ethnicity. But when it comes to weight and body size, it's like we, we have it all wrong. We need to examine this through a social justice framework and a social justice lens. So instead of trying to eradicate fat people from the earth, because let's face it, that's exactly what obesity treatment and prevention is trying to do. And while we're at it, let me just remind everybody that obesity is not a disease. It's not an illness and it's not a disorder and that fat people will continue to exist on this earth. So instead of trying to eradicate fat people, how about we work towards helping all people feel safe, to feel connected and to feel at peace in the bodies that they have now? How about we quit prescribing eating disorder symptoms to those in larger bodies to make them lose weight and we just treat the damn eating disorder regardless of body size? That, my friends, is why respectful, inclusive, weight neutral care is so important and that is why I'm such an advocate for health at every size and the non-diet approach. I am absolutely living for the day where the words obesity prevention and eating disorder treatment are no longer used in the same sentence. 
Larger bodies are not the problem. A body size is not an accurate determinant of health. A larger body is not something that needs to be fixed. Fat phobia is the problem. Weight stigma is the problem. And size-based discrimination is the problem. And until we acknowledge that providing treatment for eating disorders from this weight-centric framework is not only damaging, but also a major contributor to the development and the maintenance of eating disorders, we're going to continue to have a major problem on our hands. When we continue to see weight and body size as the problem, recovery from an eating disorder, it it seems impossible. And this makes me really sad. I'm 100% not okay with this. And I will continue to be loud. I will continue to be proud. I will continue to be annoying and infuriatingly in your face about the fact that all people in all bodies deserve the same access to respectful treatment, regardless of the body that they're in. Hello, All Fired Up podcast, and hello, Louise. It's wonderful to chat to you again and send you this bit of a rant that you were trying to come up with the top 10 worst diets. Really? Can we have a top 10? They just are all shit. But what really pissed me off today and got me all fired up was I was given a bag full of parsnips. Not probably a vegetable that a lot of people would eat or certainly not a lot of and maybe, yeah, knowing what to do with it is often a real real challenge and you can only roast so many vegetables, could make some into puree or whatever. But because I had so much, it was like, no, I need something that is going to be able to make use of this that's not going to get wasted. I hate wasting food. It's just a part of who I am. I don't like wasting food. I like being able to repurpose things or reuse it. So I'll use my leftover veg in stock if I can. So it's one of my core values that I I sort of align with quite strongly. So I did not want to waste these parsnips. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure I can do something with these. And my thought was to turn them into vegetable chips, you know, so cut them really thinly and roast them and make them like chips because when they're roasted they've actually got quite of a, a sweet flavor to them I thought I might go get some beetroot I can I've got some potatoes some other veg and maybe make this sort of really colorful vegetable chips that I could share with my dad on Tuesday watching the Boxing Day test something that we like to share together so I go on Google looking for recipes for potato for parsnip chips not that I couldn't do it myself. It was more that I was looking for, was there any interesting sort of flavour combinations that they use with herbs or spices? And also the cooking time. That was, that's always the thing, is knowing how long they need to cook for. Have a guess what came up. I won't make you respond to that. Let me just tell you that you get low carb, you get paleo, you get shredding, all these sort of diet culture fucking words that I didn't want to see, didn't go looking for, and yet there they were, in my face, telling me how many carbs are in this vegetable, how many calories, what it's, you know, that it fits this category, that it can, it's like, I don't care. I just wanted to make some tasty vegetable chips using produce that I was given. Why is that so hard? Why is it that even when we don't go looking for diet culture, it still comes and kicks us in the head? 
makes me really angry and I'm pretty, I'm pretty well, I would say immune to it, but I'm, I've learned to disconnect from it quite well. But this I was not expecting and it really did fire me up and I, it just makes me realise how hard it is for people to try and escape this bullshit culture that we're surrounded by, that it's creeping into everything that we do, that we can't just go about our lives and enjoy food, enjoy our bodies, enjoy our lives without this constant commentary about fat, about sugar, about calories, about carbs, about this, about that. And it's bullshit. It's, it's so irrelevant. And at this time of year, it's the last thing we need. We need focus on, on anything but. But this is a time of year where we should be able to have the opportunity to spend with people and to enjoy our food. And that's my wish for you, that you can escape this and I'm going to calm down a bit and let's have a great Christmas and New Year and let's middle finger diet culture together. Thank you. Hi, I'm Shelley Lask from Body Positive Health and Fitness and I'm all fired up about some absolute bullshit apps that have been appearing in my Facebook from other trainers and CrossFit boxes and gyms and, you know, all the usual. Anyway, one that I stumbled upon today was an exciting opportunity for 10 women, which, you know, it always is. Anyway, and it was saying, imagine fitting into that old pair of jeans, being less bloated and having clearer skin. And I just thought, really, like, that's the best that your training program has to offer? Like, not being able to do super cool shit or get really strong or fast or you know, actually have a good time, but fit into jeans. Like, is this the freaking 1950s? And I was just really <laughs> insulted and insulted that the unsurprisingly male coach who'd, you know, written this crap sort of thought that that is a woman's highest aspirations. And it pissed me off and I'm still pissed off about it because I've mostly hidden all of those things from my feed. But one of my friends who goes to this gym had shared it and I just, and a guy, and I just thought, the F is this? Anyway, I'm really pissed off about it and thought I would rant about it for the crappies because that's some crap. Hi, I'm Hilary Smith, health promotion researcher and pole dancing foodie. I had a lot to choose from when thinking about my nomination for the crappy awards this year. In my research in 2017, I was exposed to all kinds of crappy diets and lifestyle advice based on bad science, if any science, and spurious ethics. There was the Whole30, whose purveyors chose to capitalise on a fucking natural disaster by releasing their disaster preparedness guide in the wake of Hurricane Harvey so that they could admonish people back into following their program during a time of acute food insecurity. There was the HCG diet that derived its inspiration from the emaciation of pregnant women living in third world countries as something to which privileged people seeking to lose weight could aspire. I mean, this one, I can't even, like, fucking hello ethics. (laughs) There was the Healthy Mummies Miracle Shakes program, which seems to rely on the fact that literally no one will question anything they say with a critical eye, where the first thing to question should be their use of the word healthy. And there were so many more besides. But among all this, there was one tiny bit of holiday diet advice that really stuck in my craw. And it was this. 
Give your leftover Christmas treats away so that you don't keep them in the house. This is often written with a tone that suggests that it is so simple and uncontroversial that we can all do it easily and hence regain control over ourselves in these joyless times. And sometimes accompanied by a merry little trill that says, remember, keeping extra sweets in the home is a recipe for disaster. I'm sorry, no. Let's unpack this little gem and see it for what it really is, hiding amongst its trappings of sensible, simple, straightforward advice. What it really is, is absolutely fucking pernicious, precisely due to its non-extreme tone. It is completely normalising two things which should be anything but normal. Number one, it says, we should all throw our hands up in the air and accept that fun foods will forever wield control over us and we should not try to change this. In pretending to be a standalone piece of advice and not a diet, this message is basically saying that even if you don't diet, you need to control your food environment at all times, lest you one day open a packet of Tim Tams and find that some of them accidentally make it into your mouth. This stands completely in the way of food peace or giving people hope at Christmas that they might finally one day be able to heal their relationships with food and their bodies. But number two is the real kicker, and it should get the goat of anyone who is interested in social justice and public health. What this piece of advice is saying more than anything else is this. There are people in the world, people in your world, who don't deserve the same health status as you. Think about this. Remember, it's a piece of advice that is being delivered in a spirit of being helpful and healthy. So if you ignore what I've unpacked so far and look at the intentions behind the actual message, it's coming from a place of saying this will keep you healthy, however uninformed that place might be. So what would happen if we all followed this advice? Let's just play along for a sec and let's accept the claim that Christmas treats are bad for health. In fact, for this exercise, let's replace Christmas treats with arsenic just so that we can all appreciate the real and present danger that supposedly exists here. So it's 6am on Boxing Day and we're all getting up and we're all dutifully boxing up our leftover arsenic and then all of our delicious and apparently completely irresistible arsenic is going to leave our pantries and leave our homes and go... Where? We're being told to give them away, but who to? Do you give the arsenic truffles to your neighbours? The arsenic pudding to an elderly relative? The mixed bag of arsenic to kids in the park? If these treats really were as bad as so many holiday health columnists would have you believe, why is it okay to foist them onto others? I'll tell you why. It's because this message is normalising the notion that all people are responsible for their own health. Spoiler alert, this is an ideology. This is not science. It's also saying that it's okay for people to take our cast-offs and our second-bests and our arsenic, as long as we don't have to deal with it and we can stay clean and pure. It is exactly this attitude that creates and sustains health inequity. It is completely objectionable, made all the more so as it hides behind simplicity and reason. So if you're giving away holiday goodies, try this instead. Give them as gifts, not dregs. Help people derive real joy and pleasure from pleasurable food. And try keeping some for yourself too. It's okay for you to enjoy it whenever you choose to. Then, next year, when the same columnists trot out the same bullshit yet again, ignore them. This is Meg McClintock, a dietitian with Choose Nutrition, and uh, my nomination for the 2017 Diet Culture Crappy Awards uh, goes to someone called Shell. 
I don't know, Shell, I did think about giving her a call and having a little chat about what she decided to do. Um, what Shell thought would be a good idea was just in August, um, as the weather was warming up and people are for the first time, you know, getting out of the winter clothes and pulling on their cozies at the beach that we go to when we go to the beach, on the back of every toilet door and every shower door, she put up a little ad for her 30-day summer body weight loss challenge, which had some amazing promises, must be magical program that um, can guarantee weight loss and mental clarity and clear skin and energy and all these amazing things. And you could win $200 worth of uh, supplements, special supplements, which I'm assuming if you join the program, you have to buy. There was a money back guarantee for weight loss, but of course, I imagine there's a lot of fine print about which point that expires probably the last day of the challenge it expires if you regain it after that well not shell's problem so it gets a nomination for being just another crappy fad ridiculous diet with empty promises and doing a whole lot of harm physically probably as well as psychologically but the reason it gets my nomination is the predatory nature of this to target women well maybe it was in men's toilets as well I don't know to target people out of when they will most likely be pretty vulnerable. Um, I don't think they should be at um, the end of winter, be worried about their bodies, but that's our culture. To put it in the bathrooms at the public beach is just made me think of Susie Orbash's fantastic phrase. She calls diet culture on the diet industry, vulturistic merchants of body hatred. And that's exactly what it is. It's predatory, it's vulturistic. And for that, it gets my nomination of the crappy award. Hi there, I'm Ashley Bennett and I'm a master's trained art therapist specializing in body image related challenges, effects of weight stigma and trauma and I'm based in Melbourne, Australia. I'm also an emerging researcher of internalized weight stigma and art therapy at La Trobe University. I have ambitions to contribute to the awareness, education and reduction of weight stigma, especially in public health and particularly for larger bodies. I also critique and provide evidence-based information about all things bodies and mental health on Instagram, and that's under the username Fat Therapist. All right, so for me, the most irritating diet culture trend of 2017 is a controversial one, and it has to do with the promotion of weight loss and dieting in the body positive movement. So before anyone freaks out that I'm promoting quote-unquote obesity and poor health, let me take you on a brief journey of body positivity. It began as a social movement for bodies which have been marginalised and underrepresented in society, particularly the media. For example, fat bodies, disabled bodies and people of colour. These days, I notice it's commonly misinterpreted as a health approach, when in actuality it's a social movement. Diet culture has made its way into a space created to be a safe zone of expression and stigma-free existence for bodies which are most scrutinised by diet culture and beauty ideals. There's been a sudden growth of the movement with an influx of people rejecting narrow beauty ideals and diet culture, including bodies that are seen as acceptable by society, which is amazing. But the body positive label has needed to expand. And with this, those who actually need the movement are most at risk of becoming marginalized in their own movement. Diet culture has hijacked the actual point of the movement. It now says you can be body positive as long as you're healthily body positive and not fat. There is a fear that without diet culture, and by diet culture I mean the promotion of weight loss products and programs, but also those who are focusing on their intentional weight loss journeys and fitspo lifestyles 
and using the body positive label. The fear is that body positivity will suddenly make everyone lose control, gain all the weight and die choking on a hot dog or a donut. And this smells awfully like the indirect influence of diet culture in disguise. And whilst it isn't inherently bad as it is because everyone's free to make their own choices, it isn't appropriate or relevant in the BOPO movement. It's just not the place. Body positivity is meant to be a sanctuary from diet culture, and it's lost its boundaries completely. This rant, yes, is a part of a massive rant brewing in my soul, and it's the sign of a huge discussion to come, especially to address the parts of this rant that will be misinterpreted, with many assumptions made, I'm sure. I also have ideas as to why body positivity has needed to expand and what we can do about it to be inclusive. But that's for another time. So thank you, Louise, for indulging my rant. Take care, everyone, and goodbye. Hi, my name is Fiona Willer. I'm an advanced accredited practicing dietitian, and I run Health Not Diets. I'm a staunchly weight-neutral dietitian, and uh, my PhD research is into the way that weight-neutral practice has been adopted into dietetics and also its influence in uh, the population and uh, investigating issues around weight stigma and its effect on dietary behaviours as well. So my entry into the Crappy Awards this year is the CSIRO. So the CSIRO is the Commonwealth uh, Scientific and Industrial Research Organisation in Australia. It's funded mostly by the Commonwealth Government and it also receives funding from industries. It's partly why industry is in the name. And the other reason why industry is in the name is that it works with industry to apply the things that it has researched, basically. So my, my issue is not with CSIRO existing. My issue is with it jumping onto the diet culture bandwagon. So in 2006, the CSIRO released the Total Wellbeing Diet. Uh, Note that that's now almost 12 years ago. And back then, it was a book and then it was another book. And it's mostly the diet and some recipes in that book. Now, they went on to sell more than a million of those books and it was a lovely money earner for the CSIRO. Now, in the last six months, CSIRO has launched the Total Wellbeing Diet onto an online platform, and they've done this by outsourcing the online part of it to a company called SP Health Co. Now, SP Health Co is the basically the pinnacle of commercial weight loss plan companies, basically. So back in the 1990s, that company was responsible for bringing Weight Watchers online platform to Australia and becoming incredibly successful here. They were also the people who ran the Biggest Loser online program, Biggest Loser Club. And they've also partnered with, well, they've also done work for essentially Blackmore's Amway, Booper, a whole heap of other uh, companies who wanted to put their programs online. So they're basically the market leader in that. Um, the guy who owns it, who whose initials make up the SP and SP Health Co. He now owns football clubs and uh, stakes in all sorts of companies. It has made him incredibly wealthy, uh, this particular business. But of course, it's off the back of millions upon millions of people paying money for a product that has ultimately failed. And so my issue, obviously I have massive philosophical issues with the existence of that company that's making money from people's perceived failures when in fact it's the diet that's failing rather than the people themselves. 
But my issue particularly here with CSIRO, so CSIRO have partnered with SP Health Co., basically paid their money to launch their program in an online format. It's not much changed since the 2006 version. It's still a relatively low-carb, high-protein plan, and certainly it is as effective as any other calorie-restricted lifestyle plan in that people will lose weight initially. But, of course, we have Level A evidence to show that the vast majority of people who follow these lifestyle or behavioural lifestyle weight loss plans will have their weight loss maximal at 6 to 12 months and that the vast majority of people will be back to their pre-effort intervention weight by two to five years, vast majority. So the CSIRO in its latest iteration, the online form, has put out a general public spokesperson for the program, the one who's been splashed all over the news over the last couple of weeks, a woman who has lost 82 kilos following their plan or apparently following their plan. So she's the face of the online program. And now this is not unusual behaviour for a commercial weight loss program, but it's unconscionable behaviour for a scientific organisation to use that and not have in any of its advertising for the program that that, that those results are unusual and that the results are not likely to be sustained in the long term. So as a research organisation who partners with this type of commercial business, they should be putting their foot down and saying, look, I want you to have an online platform, but because we're scientific, we have to talk about the short-term and the long-term outcomes of these programs, and they're not. And that is absolutely unacceptable. They're acting completely the way of a commercial weight loss company, and they're taking the reputation of our peak scientific research body down with it, and that's absolutely appalling. So they, they are my entry. They should, in order to clean up their act, make it very clear that their weight loss program is a money-making racket, that that is about short-term weight loss and that they cannot guarantee results in the long term. Otherwise, they are undermining the credibility of all of Australian research. So there's my entry. I hope you enjoy it and tell everyone you know not to buy or pay for the CSIRO Total Wellbeing Diet. Thanks. Boom. There they were, everybody, the 2017 crappy award nomination for the most shitty, irritating aspect of diet culture. And now it's my terrible job to try and judge which which is the most bullshit worthy, <laughs> which, as, as I now realise, it's almost an impossible task because how how to define one type of bullshit from another, how to weigh, you know, the seriousness of the bullshit. And oh, it's I'm also just so fired up after listening to all of those rants from all of these articulate people about it's just so sad, isn't it, that, that so many aspects of our modern lives are impacted by the crappiness of diet culture. The only solace I can take is that it's really pissing off other people as well and they're able to articulate it so beautifully. Some of the phrases and some of the wording from what we just heard, it was just, it's just bullshit poetry. It's just amazing, isn't it? I'm so, I'm so impressed with the standard of the nominees for the inaugural Crappy Awards. Before I announce the winner, I would like to make a couple of special mentions to particularly shitty things that, for whatever reason, just didn't get nominated this year. And 
obviously this is not going to be um, something I will vote on, but just something to take into consideration, you know, things, issues that should not be forgotten in the shittiness of 2017. One of those special mentions must go to the Australian Medical Association for its continuance of weight stigma and prejudice in the face of overwhelming public change. So some of you might remember me speaking with Sarah Harry in an earlier podcast last year about the AMA's response to the appalling appearance of somebody who was slightly larger than a supermodel appearing on a catwalk and that old, you know, perler glorifying obesity was tossed about by a medical professional. And you know, I wish this was a one-off, but unfortunately during 2017, every time the American, sorry, the Australian Medical Association are mentioned, when it talks about weight, it tends to trot out the glorifying obesity and also, let's not forget, let's think about the children and let's, you know, try and eradicate and prevent fat children from crushing our public health system. <sighs> It has to get a special mention because there is just so much evidence that this continuing pummeling of weight stigma and insistence that we need to erase the existence of an entire, like the majority of the Australian population, it's just, it's insanity. And it really does need to stop. If medical practitioners truly care about health, they need to stop this bullshit and denial of people's actual bodies and start opening up to really fair and non-judgmental treatment and enhancement of healthcare for people in all types of bodies. That was my little soapbox. But as I said, that will not go into the vote. I just thought it really needed to be mentioned. <sighs> So how on earth do I judge the crappy awards? There was just so much crap. I guess of all of the nominations, three in particular really struck a chord with me and um, both for two aspects, not just the subject that was raised but for how people were speaking about it and, you know, the the level of rantiness, the level of rage and also just the cold-blooded articulation of just awesomeness in their delivery. So I cannot commend Nicole highly enough for your rant about weight-centric, fat-phobic health professionals because, you know, perhaps I'm a slightly biased because I'm so much on the same page as you, Nicole, but I loved your rant and I do think that that has to go down in the top three crappiest trends in 2017, especially particularly perhaps in Australia. This trend of seeing obesity prevention in inverted commas in such a vulnerable place as eating disorder treatment is just a hell no and get the hell out and this absolutely needs to stop it's it's so intensely serious and so potentially so damaging to so many people that it really does need to stop I'm so on board and I'm really glad that that got nominated so thank you Nicole oh another incredible nomination was from Ashley Bennett who is you haven't heard her yet but she's going to be an upcoming guest on All Fight Up and I bet you're as fired up as I am and can't wait to kind of get into the nitty-gritty because her delivery of of her rant you know the whole body positivity in the in the service of weight loss is 
just completely awesome. You're right. Diet culture has hijacked body positivity and made it kind of meaningless. And that, oh, as a anti-diet activist and someone who stands for all bodies and diversity, that invasion of a safe space is freaking unforgivable. And your delivery was awesome. So thank you. But you know what? You know, I, I have a winner. <laughs> but as I'm about to announce the winner, what I'm going to also announce is next year, if this happens next year, I'm opening this up to a public vote because I feel I feel a bit um, like a dictator deciding on my own who's going to win. But um, it was a bit of a spur-of-the-moment decision to run the crappies, and this is the inaugural one. So I guess tonight it is my honour to announce the inaugural winner of the 2017 Crappy Award will have to go to Hillary Smith because your delivery and your your nailing of that kind of arsenic um, poison scenario was just pure gold because what you managed to do in your rant was exactly the point of this podcast. You unpacked diet culture, you dissected it, and you used a critical eye to make me even and other people understand just why diet culture is so incredibly shitty and and just how much it takes advantage of us all so i am very honored hillary to present you with a very crappy award indeed so what it is is a bullshit button <laughs> i don't know how many people have heard of the bullshit button but what I'm going to do is hopefully play you an audio of what this button actually does. So it's like a button and you press it and it says various phrases. So let me see if I can play the phrases for you. So Hillary, you can be prepared for what's coming your way. So what happens when you press this button is that one of five random messages will sound off and I'm going to play them for you now. So I have no idea how clear that came across to everyone listening, but if it was not clear, please go to YouTube and just type in bullshit button and you'll be able to hear the five different phrases. Now, I am under no illusions that Hillary doesn't need a bullshit button in her mind because she is so good at dissecting diaculture bullshit. But I think it just helps all of us just to have a button to press that's red and a voice comes out that's loud because we all love support, right? We all like to call out bullshit and that's what we need to do. We need to call out more of this bullshit and that's what 2018 and the All Fired Up podcast is going to be all about. So, Hilary, I will send you your bullshit button and thank you immensely for sending such an awesome rant but also to everybody else who sent in their awesome rants. I've just, I've been laughing, I've been crying, I've been eye rolling and face planting and all of that kind of stuff. And it's also been hugely enjoyable in a strange kind of maybe a bit sick way to realise just how much bullshit is going on, but also how much pushback is going on. 
Thank you all for being part of the All Fired Up podcast. Thank you all for being guests and for helping me with your own resistance to bullshit, push back against more bullshit, you know, go forward into new bullshit and unpack it. Wow, I said a lot of bullshit today, haven't I? So thank you, everyone, for listening to the 2017 inaugural Crappy Awards. If we're still here at the end of the year, there'll be another one. And, my God, won't they be mountains of bullshit? And I'm hoping for lots of submissions and, as I said, a more democratic voting system for the outcome of the next Crappy Awards. So that's it for the show today. Thanks again for listening and keep in touch. Keep sending emails to me, uh, louise at untrapped.com.au if you have some topics that you think you'd love to hear unpacked on All Fired Up or just feedback. And speaking of feedback, if you like the podcast, please go to iTunes and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We are planning to run them weekly from now on. And also, if you like the podcast, please send us uh, go on iTunes and do one of those five-star reviews so we get more notice and more build-up and our message gets out to more and more people. We would love that. And to keep in contact more with me personally, if you go to the untrapped.com.au website and download our completely free ebook, which is called Everything You've Been Told About Weight Loss Is Bullshit, written by me and Fiona Willer, whose rant you heard about the CSIRO earlier, if you download that ebook, you'll be on our mailing list and each week from now on, we'll be sending you more info and more events and, and lots of stuff that's kind of been, that will be going on this year with Untrapped and with All Fired Up and with various other things. It's going to be a big year. It's going to be a great year. So please get the ebook and stay in touch and get involved in this community and this movement. So I'm really looking forward to speaking with you all next week. In the meantime, trust no one, think critically, push back against diet culture, untrap from the crap.